Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You were the last good thing about this part of town. Hey there, welcome to the Alt in Our Stars, brand new weekly billboard podcast for all things alternative and rock music. My name's Chris Payne. I'm a correspondent on staff at Billboard.com, and I write about alternative and rock music. And this is the first episode of my podcast here, so wish me luck. On today's episode, we have an interview with Fall Out Boy's Pete Wentz coming up in a little bit. And also, I'm here with Billboard's Rock Charts Manager, Emily White. Hello. So this is my first podcast, and aside from, appear- aside from appearing on my friends' podcasts, like Joe Lynch's Must Hear Music podcast, Jason's Pop Shop podcast, but both of us, um, Emily and I, we both did radio shows in college, so I think that's kind of like a nice lead-in to this, this radio podcast pros, stuff. Radio all-stars right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm calling this, this uh, new podcast The Alt in Our Stars because I want to talk about all kinds of alternative music, not just guitar music, although I'm sure there'll be a lot of that. Um, but all different artists that sit outside the mainstream in all sorts of different ways. And this is Billboard, so I really want to relate it back to how alternative music comes to the mainstream, the relationship that's there. So I guess that's where the stars c- comes in with the alt and our stars. And hopefully that name doesn't age too terribly. <laughs> and also, I never saw the movie or read the book, for the record. Did you? Wait, did, did you? wait um, I keep getting the fault in our stars mixed up with like the other teen movie that came out around the ta- same time where a girl also was sick. Do you know what I'm talking about? There was like The Fault in Our Stars and then there was the other one. Huh. I'm sure I'm not I'm, I'm gonna, not I'm not very good with YA. There are people I think I may to have talk seen the to fault on in our staff. Stars. <laughs> either that or the other one, but I think I've seen it. <laughs> was Shaleen Woodley in it? The no. one the one you saw though then you didn't see the Alt in Our The oh, Fault in Our Stars. My mistake. <laughs> So you can follow the, um, follow me on Twitter at cpainonaplane for updates on the podcast or go to billboard.com and click the podcast button up at the top navigation bar there. So before we talk Fall Out Boy, I wanted to just sort of recap what we've been up to here. We're based in New York. We both live on the north side of Brooklyn and we go to a lot of shows. So we wanted to talk about a few Williamsburg venues that are unfortunately closing down. Uh, Glasslands and Death by Audio. So Emily, you had a neat little experience with Death by Audio. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, um, this past week has been um, Death by's last week of shows. Um, Death by was the first venue I ever went to when I moved to New York. So special place in my heart. Um, 
And I did get to go on Tuesday for the first night of Secret Headliners to see Future Islands. And that was pretty wonderful. Are you a Future Islands fan? I am a Future Islands fan, but I'm kind of a newbie Future Islands fan. Uh-huh. So I really can't imagine what it would be like seeing them play a venue that that size. Because I'm thinking when they came up in Baltimore, they were probably playing like the dingiest little venues like eight years ago. And what you saw must have been like that. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I went to school in D.C. and um, so a lot of the music they listened to was like DC bands and Baltimore bands. My college radio station tried to book them for a show when I was maybe a freshman or sophomore, but it didn't work out. But um, but yeah, it was really wonderful to see them at Death By because that was one of maybe the first New York venue that they played or, or one of the first. Um, and so that was a wonderful show. There were maybe like 200 people there. Um, so that was great. But then the last night ever was Saturday. And it was all top secret headliners all week. So I didn't know who was playing. And we went to stand in line at like 4.45 when the doors were opening at 8 and didn't make it in to see the show. And there was, you were telling me there was like a big guest list, right? Yeah, which I, I totally understand. Like if it's closing down, like it's a really sentimental moment, especially for people who ran the venue and bands mm. who had played and friends and family. And I totally understand wanting to have a final night just to like party with your friends. Um, but it would have been like so much better if they had made that clear. Yeah. Because I, you know, yeah, I got there at 445. I was in line for a long time. I was really cold. But the line behind me was insane. It was all around the corner, all around like past Glasslands, like to the corner of North First, I think. Um, and so like, yeah, it was disappointing for me because I was like maybe like the 30th person in line. But then there were like hundreds of people behind me that yeah. didn't get close at all. At some um, point, people just have to be like, we do realize how what the capacity of Death Boy Audio <laughs> yeah. is. And look at the size of this line. Yeah. If we're past Glasslands, I don't yeah. think this is going to work out. The other thing, I feel really bad for the people working the door, too, because they weren't, um, you know, the people who usually work the door at Death Bikes. They were all, like, taking the night off to enjoy the show. Yeah. Um, and they did try really hard to turn people away once they realized that, like, oh, our guest list is long. We just let in the capacity of people. And we just, like, weren't. We just stayed there for another hour hoping that they would, like, let us in. Um, um, so that was a, it was kind of sad. But if my last memory at Death by is going to be that Future Island show that I went to, that's okay. Yeah. So how, what do you uh, feel about Glasslands closing as well? Glasslands, I was just looking at their schedule for the rest of the, uh, for the rest of the year, which is going to take us to the end with Glasslands. I just want to get to see a few, or as really as many as possible. And look, looking at the schedule. There's Pains of Being Pure at Heart, Beach Fossils, Widow Speak, DuckTales. Those are all shows I'd like to get to. Mm-hmm. I got to see No Devotion play there a couple weeks back. So that was cool. It's uh, I've been into Jeff Rickley's music for a long time because I was a Thursday fan growing up. But now he does United Nations and No Devotion. No Devotion is his band with the remaining members of Lost Prophets who are not in jail for terrible crimes, which is kind <laughs> of a, a, an awkward situation. But I really like their music. It's... um. It's a lot more of a kind of a dark new wave, new order, Joy Division kind of vibe with their sound. Whereas like United Nations is a much more like visceral, nasty, hardcore sound. So this, I I think, kind of um, spans a lot of different genres of people who have been into uh, Jeff's music in the past. But anyway, with, with Glasslands, it was definitely cool to get out there and check out that show. So are you planning on going to any of their 
last shows yeah this month? I probably will it's it's kind of weird because when I first moved to New York I lived right down the street from 25 Kent and Glasslands and Death by Audio and so it was sort of one of those things when I first moved here and I didn't really have anything to do I would just walk down the street mm-hmm. after work and go to a show um, and Death by was definitely the, the venue that I like went to the most um, but also very sad about Glasslands um, mm-hmm. so I'll definitely try to make it out to some of those shows too. Um, I did also get to see uh, at the Future Island show the Immaculates played, and Tim Harrington from um, Les Savifav mm-hmm. came on stage, and they did a cover of uh, "New York I Love You" um, uh-huh, the by LCD, LCD song. And uh, Tim had "Suck It" Vice written on his chest, <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, that was a special moment too. So someone who <laughs> someone who won't be playing the new uh, Vice approved venue that gets set up there Perhaps inevitably not. in six months Perhaps with that not. with that black lips and Action Bronson opening bill mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh, is that has that no, been announced? I'm, I'm just, no, no. <laughs> oh no. But it it'll be like what, it'll what? be a Live Nation and Vice yeah, co produced yeah. event space. Um, all counterculture, culture and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways. Um, <laughs> Speaking of counterculture, <laughs> let's talk about the charts a little oh bit. Oh, boy. Let's talk well, about some sales numbers. Yeah. So in talking about the charts, um, we're going to relate it to Fall Out Boy because in a little bit we're going to have uh, Pete Wentz on for an interview. So Fall Out Boy is interesting because I was a huge fan of them growing up. And then they split. Patrick Stump tried to do the R&B singer thing for like half a minute. It didn't work out. They reformed Fall Out Boy. I was worried things about their legacy that it would kind of not work out so well and maybe come out as a novelty or just like a a reunion a cash grab kind of thing but it wasn't that it definitely looks like fallout boy is gonna have a nice little phase two to their career because save rock and roll the comeback album did really well and it seems like they've got some new singles in the rock charts doing well mm-hmm. um yeah they just got their third top 10 on the hot rock songs chart which is our hybrid chart um, so both um, Immortals and Centuries are doing really well. What really interests me with Fall Out Boy now is how mostly like rock bands, and I'm going to talk to Pete about this, but rock bands tend not to do very well on especially the Hot 100, like the singles chart, especially new rock bands. And what Pete was, what what Pete's been all about is, you know, he kind of calls out bands on rock radio for sounding a little too old timey, kind of like they've been mining what's been popular for the last 20 years in rock music and just kind of repurposing it, not really doing anything original. I think he really realizes these days that to be relevant as a rock band, you kind of have to acknowledge that hip hop and EDM are here and that they're bigger and kind of incorporate those into the sound. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So what did you think of, um, of Fall Out Boy's recent music? Are you a fan? Um, you know, I, growing up, like, I never was a super huge Fall Out Boy fan, so I'm a little new to it all. Um, I think... Uh, from a church perspective, the fun thing about Centuries is that it samples that um, Suzanne Vega song, Tom's Diner. Mm-hmm. And it like brought that song back to the top 10 of our alternative um, airplay chart, which was kind of a fun, fun fact, because that was number seven, like 24 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the same thing, I mean, it's just, it is really cool to see rock bands having chart success, um, since it is, you know, not always as common as other genres. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and their, their most successful single recently was, um, My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark, Light Em Up. It peaked at number 13 on the Hot 100, um, when it was out in 2013. So, yeah, they actually are one of these rare rock bands that have kept it going. Them and Paramore is another good parallel mm-hmm. who have kept it going and kind of uh, kind of leading things for the genre in a lot of ways. So we'll turn things over to this uh, interview we've got here with Pete Wentz. Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy here. So you guys are pretty much wrapped up, done with uh, the promotion cycle for Save Rock and Roll. So now that it's over, mission accomplished? Is it saved? <laughs> um, you know, like the interesting thing about Save Rock and Roll is like, I guess there were some parts where, no, I would say the mission is, it's, the, the, the broader answer would be rock and roll doesn't feel saved. But I think that for us, it was never supposed to be a literal thing. It was always supposed to be... Um, the idea uh, that a we're asking the question like is rock is rock and roll like an idea and an attitude or is it like this specific like these blues you know songs with these leather jackets played by a certain kind of band like we were trying to I guess bring up that question and I think that a lot of people have you know like a lot of people responded to that question and guitars on the radio and and should there be and and rock and roll should be like a dangerous thing that pushes boundaries, you know? And it it's, to me, it's sad because like I grew up with it being that. And I mean, I guess it, it was even the tail end of it being that, but like it, it shouldn't be relegated to the corner of the room, like in this dusty little thing that like, you know, dad's by a guitar center. Um, and our mission truly with Save Rock and Roll was, was getting kids excited to go see, a band in uh, arenas and amphitheaters again that was is a contemporary band that's played on the radio right now. That's not just a band that like you know put out you know music years ago or whatever. And that was the attempt. And so ho- hopefully we got in the ballpark of it. Yeah, and for someone kind of on the front lines there, why do you think it's so hard for bands these days, especially new rock bands, to get rock music on pop radio? Because it wasn't really like that when From Under the Cork Tree came out. True, yeah, good point. Um, So when when From Under the Cork Tree came out, there was this amazing thing that could happen. Well, this is how how it happened with Sugar and and, in general uh, for that era of us, was that we put out Sugar We're Going Down. There was, like, basically not a lot of reaction you know, from the industry to it. And then 
our fans went out and bought a ton of the records. And then we put the video out, and our fans ran the video up TRL. And that basically forced Modern Rock Radio to start playing it. And then as it went up on TRL, it was able to cross over to pop radio. And that was like an, an acceptable thing that happened at that time. It changed, though, in the way that, like, I think that at that point, you know, there was a couple of rock bands could be played at rock radio. Like, you know, at that time it was like Us and My Chemical Romance and All American Rejects and Green Day and Blink-22. There was a, a bunch of bands could get played at pop radio. Now there's, like, lane for, like, and I'm talking, like, real bands as in, like, like it's not a, you know, like, uh, it, there's different versions of bands, but we know, like, you know, a, a, a rock band or whatever. There's there's possibly one lane, half a lane. I think it's a really uh, pop radio at the time. It just switched from being completely EDM dance-based to being, it's very rhythmic right now. You know, we, our song Centuries is, we, uh, is gold. It's, it's a gold record, but it's not, it's not shown, that's not shown by the way it's played on the, on pop radio right now. Like, it still has to build up to that. I think that, to me, the only way that you're going to get played on pop radio is to play a certain pop radio game or to get some kind of movement behind you. I think like a band like 1975 was able to get a movement and traction behind them and that allowed that to happen. Like I think that those are the only ways and it is a lot harder and unfortunately possibly laptop culture has made it, you know, uh easier to for producers to make songs without bands unfortunately but i do think like because we, i talk about this all the time we talk about this all the time with my friends um you know like the next nirvana or whatever and obviously like times are right for that i just don't think that it's going to come in the form of like nirvana it's not gonna it's gonna be something completely different you know right right so you were taking it back to fallout boy end of 2014 start of 2015 tell us about this new album what fans can expect you know i think that every time we've, we put out a new record we've tried to um change it up a little bit you know and uh both sonically and thematically you know when we went from under the cork tree to infinity on high it was similar and i think that uh with this one we have maybe 80 percent of the record um done and recorded and i think that there's some of it that's vastly more aggressive um than save rock and roll um and i think also the perspective is uh with Save Rock and Roll, I think it could have been like a one and done kind of thing. Like I think that had there not been a like a worldwide reaction to it, I don't know that we tore as a legacy band. And I think that now there's this infusion of energy, and we want, you know, I I I want to get played on all radio formats, and I want to uh, our band to be able to play festivals in Australia and Japan and the UK and stuff. And um, I think we still need to prove that. I think that some people still could see it as a as a, a thing that just happened once and we we have and that and that's what the record is an attempt at you know i'd say that one thing is it's more fallout boy and less less guest features mm-hmm. okay and for you like lyrically what's been inspiring you lately interestingly enough like i feel like looking around the world you know like uh i think that i've been inspired by i was inspired um when we were writing uh to write about what I saw going on or my take of what was going on in Ferguson, you know, and I don't think that that necessarily means it's like super political, but just um, writing songs about, you know, like now that I I have kids and stuff like that, it's like the idea that, you know, like an unarmed kid can get shot and we can, and the conversation is about 
and the conversation is about whether he did something right or wrong, whether, you know, like when it's, it's that, you know, unarmed teenagers, sh- sh- the, 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 the uproar should be that unarmed teenagers shouldn't be getting shot, you know? Um, uh, and I think that influ- will influence the lyrics. I also think that I have enough perspective, uh, on where we've been in the last year or so that that will influence it. Like, I think that the idea behind some of the songs are more addressing modern, modern love or like what's going on with, um, my head and my, my life than possibly save rock and roll did. I think save rock and roll was a little bit broader when it came to that and was writing, um, more conceptually. Yeah, it's interesting talking about Ferguson because Jason, our writer who you just met, talking about his nephews and the uh, the movie, he wrote a really good piece for us about how really outside of hip-hop, musicians just weren't really touching Ferguson. So that's interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, it was, in, you know, we were on tour this summer doing amphitheaters with Paramore. Um, and I felt like it was, and uh, New Politics, and I felt like it was, it's your responsibility um when you have a platform to be authentic and to stand up for people who are not being stood up for, you know? And so we were talking about it on stage, but at the same time, I never want to become a band that like is cramming political opinions, you know, like I just, you know, like I think there's room for that. Like good buddies are in rise against. And, you know, like I loved rage against machine growing up. It's just never been really what fallout boy has been. Like we want people to question, you know, but like never been trying to jam it. I think at the same time, like, there's certain things that are just that are issues of more of, of empathy and compassion beyond um, jamming a political opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of frustrating that sometimes people won't stand up for issues that they don't think could directly affect them. Got it. Well, definitely excited for the new music. So yeah, thanks so much, Pete, for coming over. Thank you, man. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.